What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, bit of an emergency episode. Miami was on a bye this past weekend, but uh, a lot of recruiting news has happened over the past, really, 48 hours. So we're taping this Monday, uh, midday, afternoon. Um, uh, yeah, following decommitments from Darren Branch and Marcus Fleming. Before we get into that, David, how are you uh, doing? Doing well. Uh, definitely enjoyed the bye week. Um, ready to get back at it, though. And yeah, let's get to it. A lot of new developments happened over the weekend with recruiting. You, you ready to, to dive in? Yeah, we've kind of entered uh, what I would call silly season. I mean, we're officially, I think, a month and a day out from the early signing period. Yeah, so let's uh, let's do it. All right. So Darren Branch, who was Miami's striker commit in the class on Sunday, he flipped to Ole Miss. I guess tell us about that situation, how it came about, and why it happened. Well, I mean, I don't want to spin this in any way because I think Darren Branch is without a doubt a big loss for uh, Miami. But there was some word coming through uh, the grapevine that there was a there was a possibility that Darren Branch probably might not sign with the Miami. Uh, and the big reason for that, and what I wrote on Saturday, is he's facing some pressure to stay closer to home. Uh, I believe he's got an ill grandfather. Um, so Ole Miss has been working that angle. They got him on campus last month for an unofficial visit. He returned on Saturday night when they faced LSU. Uh, and by Sunday morning, he had flipped his commitment to Ole Miss. I mean, like I said, I think this is a bit of a blow here. Uh, but there's it's a situation where I don't know how much you can really fault uh, Miami. I mean, Oxford to a mite. Louisiana is a, a lot shorter drive uh, than it is from um, a mite to Coral Gables. I mean, Branch had visited, I think, two or three times unofficially. His family had driven down to Coral Gables uh, for the Miami Knights event. So not the ideal situation at all, but uh, it's hard to really put blame on much of the staff. They had been fighting this battle behind the scenes for really uh, the past month and a half. So we'll get to the next decommitment uh, in a little bit, but let's stick with Branch in the striker position. What's kind of next at striker uh, in your opinion, with Miami? Are they going to be chasing anyone else? Do they move current commits to that position in your mind? What, what's going to be uh, the deal there moving forward at Stryker? That's kind of like the... We don't really know. I mean, I think when we did our last podcast, we talked about how Miami's facing uh, a bit of a numbers crunch, um, just given the fact that they can only take 25 and uh, I, I, when we taped that, they were at 22 commits. Now they're down to 20. So I think if there's a, any silver lining in this, is it kind of frees up a spot for the Hurricanes. Now, do they have to go and get a striker? I don't know. Um, but it seems like striker is going to be a position they recruit every cycle now moving forward. I mean, we've seen it this season. I think I asked you, David, like how often is a striker not on the field? Like that is the base defense. Everyone wants to make fun of Miami for moving these safeties there. Well, the reality is they play the striker pretty much every down. I mean, that's a guy who's on the field. So uh, Romeo Finley graduates. They have Gilbert Frierson, who they've been playing. He'll be, what, a redshirt sophomore next year. So Frierson yeah. will be the guy. But they got to start grooming someone behind um, – behind uh Frierson I, I think Darren Branch was the plan there but with Branch no longer committed uh, do they move maybe an Amari Carter to striker or, or, or whatnot so we'll see I, I think now that uh that spot's open that that would allow them to take both Jalen Harrell and, and Jaden Francois 
uh, as a safety. And I think Harrell has the length to potentially play that uh, striker role. I also think Keyshawn Washington, uh, the other safety out of South Dade, he's another long kid that played some cornerback and also some linebacker his senior season at South Dade. So I don't know if they're going to go rush and get someone. I mean, I mentioned two names in uh, one, one of my three things, I think, three things I know pieces last week. Uh, those two names, Corbin Gibson, who's a, uh, a three-star athlete uh, out of Sebastian River. He's a guy who Played wide receiver and quarterback for his high school team, but I think he's personally a linebacker. Miami got him out to the Louisville game. And then Trevor Reeves is another kid. He's a long safety uh, that's at Miami Edison. He had like 91 tackles and, and four interceptions as as a uh, as a senior. So um, if, if they're dead set on getting a striker, those are the two names. But I think there's a chance that they just pass on the position and then try to move some guys around and figure out where they can plug and play. Real quick, before we move on from striker, with Gibson and Reeves, like who who is recruiting them? Just so the fans know, <laughs> that's a good question because I saw uh, Gibson play uh, Sebastian River played Boyd Anderson, oof, uh, like a month and a half ago, and I, I grabbed Gibson after the game. I was there primarily for the network to see Tim Smith, the Alabama commit, and I kind of asked him, "Hey, what's going on?" Uh, he was hearing a little bit from Illinois, a, a little bit from Appalachian State. Uh, the thing is, is all his tape is him playing like wildcat quarterback and wide receiver and he's not like the fastest kid um so yeah. I, I don't really know who's kind of in there but i think if you from what i've seen of him on the seven on seven circuit what i saw of him on defense like i think he can get it done there just because he's a big athletic guy um and then with reeves it's kind of the same thing you know it's it's a bunch of g5 schools kind of kicking the tires maryland's also involved in there as well all right so yeah i guess monday morning there was more decommitment news with Miami's class as four-star receiver from Miami Northwestern Marcus Fleming decided to decommit from the Hurricanes. Andrew, tell us tell us what we need to know about that situation. Well, this was one that, I mean, I don't think we really saw. I wouldn't say we didn't see him coming or it just it, it happened really fast. And uh, if you listen to what Manny Diaz said Monday during his press conference, the word he used was a shuffle. I think shuffle when asked about the decommitments. And, um, you know, I, I think he said that players shuffle and teams also shuffle. So kind of my understanding here is Miami liked Marcus Fleming throughout the process. Uh, but when he started taking visits, um, Miami started looking around and. Daz Worsham, the uh, four-star wide receiver out of Alabama, he's set to make a decision here on Friday. Uh, I crystal balled him back to Miami on Sunday. I wrote uh, why for our VIP subscribers on on our website, and it, and I think and I think since I, I think Miami's in a good spot with him, and I think with Miami just feeling like they're probably going to get Daz um, and Fleming looking around, uh, the decision was made to to mutually part ways. So that's why we saw him decommit uh, early on Monday. Tell me, I guess, obviously, I mean, Fleming is a good player. There's not about, no doubt about that. He's a guy who can make plays. Um, but when you compare Fleming to Daz in terms of what Taylor Stubblefield is looking for in his receiver, how do they compare? Is one guy, in your opinion, a better fit for what Stubblefield wants and what Dan Enos wants in his offense? I think you kind of hit it on the head right there. And we've had this conversation, me and you, uh, you know, in person as the season's gone on and uh, we've, we, we're starting to see what kind of works and, and what 
both Taylor Subblefield and Dan Enos once in their wide receivers. And it seems like they want big guys um, that could get deep uh, and, and, and run good routes uh, and get open. And no knock on Marcus Fleming. I mean, he's a very talented prospect. He's a four four seven guy, but he's not the biggest kid in any way. I mean, he's 5'9", 160 pounds. Uh, he re- relies on his speed a lot, but he's not very polished when it comes to route running. Uh, I had a college coach actually tell me two weeks ago that they think uh, one of the biggest issues with Fleming will be at the next level is he's not a great blocker, and he's a guy who's probably going to have to play in the slot. And when you when you face ACC and SEC teams, those nickel cornerbacks are oftentimes a lot bigger. So um, I I just think Daz probably fits a little bit more of what Miami wants to do on offense. I also think a guy like Douglas Emilian, who's a little more polished. Um, so that's I mean that's kind of just maybe one of the reasons why. Miami wasn't panicking when when uh, Marcus Fleming started taking visits, and why ultimately he's uh, ended up decommitting. You kind of hinted at it just now, but okay, let's say Daz uh, jumps into the class this week. Is Miami done at receiver, or are they going to still be chasing some guys? I don't think they're going to be done. Um, and I, I believe we, I mean, we when we went into the full dive of the depth chart. Uh, last week on the podcast, we kind of said that they're going to be pretty young at wide receiver. So uh, assuming Daz jumps on board, I mean, he's going to pick Friday. Alabama's also involved right there. Again, my crystal ball right now, it's on Miami. Uh, they're still probably going to need to add uh, another guy to the class. You would also have Xavier Restrepo and Michael Redding. They're already committed. Those two both seem to be solid. They seem to be guys that are going to enroll early. But I think they would take uh, a fourth uh, Douglas Emilian is a guy we know the Hurricanes like a lot. Uh, but another name I want to toss out there is Kyron Lacey, a bit of a sleeper out of Louisiana. Taylor Stubblefield actually flew out to Louisiana this past Friday to watch him play. He's a kid who's having a hell of a, uh, a senior season, very raw, only played two years of really organized football, uh, basketball kid 6'3". So um, I could see them also trying to make a move on him. I don't think they're going to have room for five wide receivers, but I definitely think four is a possibility. So we've had, or Miami's had two decommitments in two days. Um, both were, were kind of a fairly mutual parting, I think you could say. Um, Andrew, do you feel like more are coming, more decommitments are coming, and do you feel like they are, they would fall in the mutual parting of ways category as well? The optics certainly right now don't look good with these two commit, uh, two decommitments. I mean, they came out a pretty bad time, but like, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, not we're not saying like they're not losses at all. I mean, me and you are, are big yeah, Darren Branch fans. I mean, they're good players, but it does seem like Miami's kind of prepared for this. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of, they have backup plans in place. They've been recruiting other guys. And I think kind of the issues in years past is Miami really didn't have those other plans in place and then they would end up scrambling. So, um, do I think there's maybe some more re- reworking of the commit list, uh, quote unquote shuffling of the commit list? Yes. I think we've said it in the past, the Antonio Smith, the offensive lineman, uh, out of Ocala Vanguard. I do not expect him to sign early with the hurricanes. It seems like they're going to move in a different direction there. Trayvon Riggins, the defensive tackle out of St. Petersburg, Lakewood. Uh, contact has died down there between those two parties. I mean, the reality is Miami really doesn't need interior defensive linemen. So uh, I think those are two guys to, to keep an eye on um, over the next really four or five weeks is, is I think there's a very, very good chance that both of them end, end up somewhere else. And that would be more of Miami's decision uh, uh, than anything else. Is there a position group maybe, too, that where Miami may look to upgrade? Um 
and, and have to, you know, rework the commit list too? I, it's linebacker. I mean, Miami yeah. right now, they have three linebackers committed. Uh, Corey Flagg, Tyreek Austin Cave, and Alvin Mathis. But uh, they're chasing after some big dogs. Last weekend, they brought Justin Flo in for his official visit. They seem like they f- they feel like they ma- made some headway there. He's still probably a long shot. Uh, but if he wants to come, they're going to have to find space. The other guy that I think is is going to make is going to put some pressure on the staff to make a, a difficult decision is Keyshawn Green, uh, the linebacker out of Wakula. He decomm- or he was about to decommit from Florida State on Sunday. Didn't end up decommitting. He just told me um, over the phone on on Monday that he's going to go to Florida State if Odell Higgins is the head coach. But if not, he's gonna he's gonna look around, and I think there's a good chance he's going to take an official visit to Miami. But he's an athletic freak of a linebacker, and I think if he's a kid that wants in, you got to take him because if you are able to pair him with an Avery Huff or a Sam Brooks two three years down the line, I mean you're you're gonna have three linebacker or you're gonna have two or three linebackers you can leave on the field all three downs. So uh, he's a guy who's who would definitely be an upgrade over uh, a Corey Flag or an Alvin Mathis, just in my eyes from an athletic standpoint. So Keyshawn Green, I forget what forty time he ran at a Nike camp laser four, time four, nine. four four nine freaky yeah. All right, so. Moving on to this past weekend, um, you know, the, the Miami staff hit the road. Uh, let's start with where Manny Diaz was. He visited two big-time recruiting targets. Uh, tell us about where Manny was and, and who he visited. So Manny flew out on Friday to the West Coast. He attended Justin Flo's playoff game. I think they ended up losing, so he was there. And then the notable stop that I think a lot of people weren't expecting as we were able to confirm that he also swung by Narbonne High School, which is home to 2021 quarterback Jake Garcia. Garcia, if you guys remember, was Miami's top target at quarterback for the next cycle. There was a time when a lot of people, including myself, thought that the Hurricanes were in the driver's seat, but he ended up committing to USC. So uh, while, we, while some have written that kid off, it seems like there's still uh, some contact there and Miami's still alive. So I think that's still pretty notable have you heard anything new on on flow since manny was there is still kind of status quo miami feels good but we'll see uh it's kind of status quo i mean he just took his official visit to clemson by all accounts you know it went well uh, at clemson I, I think he left on monday or he's leaving monday um you know he hasn't committed but he was on on he was at Clemson with the rest of basically the rest of Clemson's commits and they ate dinner at Dabo Sweeney's house. So we'll see. I, I think there's I honestly think Miami might be running number two right now, but uh, the gap between them and Clemson is pretty large. All right. So who are some of the other notable uh, recruits that the coaching staff visited, you know, over the weekend, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, we mentioned uh, Keyshawn Green, the linebacker to Akula. Blake Baker, Miami's defensive coordinator, he flew up there and watched him play on Friday night. So that was a notable stop. Kyron Lacey, um, I, I just mentioned him as well, the wide receiver in Louisiana. Uh, Taylor Stubblefield flew up there to saw him. And then really, I think um, the biggest r- recruiting visits came from Butch Berry. He flew up to, or he was in South Carolina on Wednesday. He went ahead and offered uh, an offensive center. Traj Jones, he's a South Carolina commit, a three-star kid. Miami's going to work to get him on campus. And then on Thursday, um, Barry was in Arkansas at West Memphis High School, which is home to 
the nation's number one ranked guard, Chris Morris. Uh, Morris is committed to Texas A&M, but he said in the past that uh, Miami is a dream offer of sorts. And, and he told me that he's planning to take an official visit the weekend of December 13th. So we've been wondering where uh, the names on the offensive line are going to merge, where those targets are, are going to come from. And it seems like Morris, uh, Traz Jones, Kobe Baines, a kid they offered on Friday out of the Jacksonville area. Those are the names to kind of know moving forward on uh, on the offensive line. And are those guys primarily, in your opinion, are they interior guys for the most part? Yeah, those three seem to be uh, pretty pretty much all interior. I mean, Chris Morris, I think, is a guy that might be able to get it done at tackle, uh, but he's likely an interior guy. Same with Traz Jones. Uh, I, I know we keep thinking Miami probably needs tackles, but they really like Chris Washington. Uh, they think Jalen Rivers can get it done there as well. And you got to remember Zion Nelson's young, uh, Adam Elgamal. Um, he's someone who I thought flashed in fall camp a little bit. He's he's redshirting this year. So we'll see if uh, another tackle emerges. But right now, uh, they just seem to be getting quality linemen that can block and, and placing an emphasis on athleticism more than anything else. I want to ask you real quick, I guess... Um... You know, we're like a month away from the early signing period, right? So I yeah, I know. Where where would you say if you're gonna take a snapshot and, and tell us where is Miami's momentum on the recruiting trail right now? Is it in a good spot, in your opinion? I mean, to an outsider right now, it doesn't look good, just kind of given what's happened with the Darren Branch and the Marcus Fleming things. But I honestly think it's in a it's in a real good spot. I mean Darren Branch, like we said, in unique situation. He's got a sick grandfather. That's kind of the reason why uh, he ended up at Ole Miss because it's closer to home. Marcus Fleming, a, a talented prospect. I don't think he's a really a system fit for Miami. And he's a guy who probably isn't sold uh, sold on the program. And that's what Miami wants right now. Guys who want to be, quote unquote, true Canes. And it just doesn't seem like Marcus Fleming was that. He's looking for a reason to go somewhere else. So, yeah, th- th- I mean, those are two losses, two talented kids. But um, Miami's picking up momentum with Daz Warsham. Let's say he commits on Friday. Uh, they've made headway with Keyshawn Green. I think recruiting's in a, a pretty good spot. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be some great finish or anything like that, but I think they're they're in a good enough position to um, make a splash right before the early signing period. And for the most part, outside of you know Darren Branch, they definitely wanted to keep. For the most part, this class does seem still very solid in their pledges, right? Yeah, Don Chaney, I mean, he keeps saying he shut things down. I spoke to Tyler Van Dyke on Sunday. He's locked in with Miami. Same with the two Oak Leaf kids, Chance Chance Williams and Jalen Rivers. Romello Height, he was tweeting at Daz Warsham on on Saturday. He seems to be, or excuse me, on Sunday, he seems to be locked in. I mean... Yeah, like there's been some attrition, but the guys they have committed seem to be pretty solid, and that's kind of allowing Miami to now turn the focus towards some targets and, and try to get those guys on campus and hopefully get them in the class. So let's close this out by uh, touching on two articles you had recently on the site. Um, first one let's let's talk about was uh, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. You you caught up with him, right? And uh, you know how is his how is his senior season? at the high school level and you know, how excited is he to get to Miami here pretty soon? So Tyler won, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I, I guess 
my understanding of Connecticut high school football, I, I basically got a lesson in it from Tyler's dad on uh, on Sunday. But basically, his team won the the league championship on Saturday. He threw four touchdowns in that game. was was excellent. Um, but more importantly, he finished his senior season nine and zero, uh, and I think that's a lot. He went like twenty two and six as a starter. At, at Suffield Academy, and I thought he had a really good senior season. So he's someone that is going to enroll early. Uh, I think that's important just in case one of these quarterbacks does leave. He knows Jaron Williams is is probably going to be the guy, but um, he's hoping to position himself to you know, maybe travel with the team or, or if something were to happen, that he'd be right there and pushing for playing time. So I don't think we've talked enough about how good his senior season really is or ha- really yeah. win. I watched his tape, his senior tape recently, and yeah, the, the the thing that I came away with when watching him is, just in my mind, he is the type of quarterback that Danny knows wants. Like, he can work from under center, he can work in the shotgun, he Boy, gets the actually. ball out very quick, like he makes quick decisions, and he's accurate. Um, and I know that's what a lot of OCs want in their quarterback, but... Uh, those are definitely the things that Dan Enos prioritizes and Tyler Van Dyke checks all the boxes. Now he's going to have to keep working and, and progressing and improving like every quarterback that arrives at the college level. But in my mind, he definitely has future starter ability at Miami. Yeah, no, I, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I don't want to play like devil's advocate or, you know, say anything like this, but I, I think he's actually had a better senior season than maybe a guy like Carson Beck who won a state yeah. title or, or was a, a state runner up as a junior. But um, Van Dyke is, he's done better than I expected. And I think he's not, not valued enough in this class. So another article you had on the site uh, highlighted some big time local recruits that stopped by what Sunday's practice. Is that right? Andrew, tell us about what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with Miami. I mean, given the location, anytime they can get ballers on campus, and uh, we were able to confirm that that Sunday, Miami had five star. These are all underclassmen. They had five star safety James Williams, five star linebacker Terrence Lewis, uh, both on campus, along with four star linebacker Dallas Turner, for four star wide receiver Braylon Brown. Um, and then a bunch of commits, four-star wide receiver Romo Brinson, four-star linebacker uh, Thad Franklin, I mean, uh, three-star tight end Khalil Brantley. So, yeah, it, it was. I think it's somewhat notable to show. You, you asked me, is Miami's recruiting in a good spot? And I think so. I mean, if you're going to get that type of talent out to practice um, on a Sunday, I think that shows that kids are definitely interested in it and you, you, you can sell something right now. Like, it's not all this, this bad thing. So yeah, those, those, it was, I think it was nine guys total that were on campus. So, um, I thought it was impressive that Miami pulled that off. Yeah. I think that's big too. I mean, we'll talk a lot about this 2021 class over the next year. Right. But in my mind, that's big getting all those guys on campus because the 2021 class is absolutely loaded, uh, locally. Um, you know, it's always good in South Florida, but the 2021 class is one of those special, special years, right, Andrew? So anytime you can get those guys on campus and lay the groundwork for a future class, that's going to be a good thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've said it in the past, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's, that's an elite group. And it's really all about building relationships. And if, if Miami's new recruiting protocols are, are, are really going to go into place, 
Um, you try to build those relationships, and I think you don't push for these kids to commit now, but by the time that the sum, this upcoming summer rolls around, that you, you, they need to know if they're in or they're out. And I think the only way um, you can do that is, is just getting those guys around the staff as much as possible. So uh, it, it was definitely a good thing that they were all out there. So anything else we're missing, Andrew, before we close this thing out? Anything else you want to touch on? <laughs> no, I mean, this is this is the crazy time. Like, I was taking a nap uh, before NFL Sunday got started, and all of a sudden, Darren Branch is decommitted. It's like, oh, I guess I got to, you know, be, be on f- full guard now moving forward. I mean, we're really a month out. So, uh, no, it's going to be good. I mean, there won't be really any, much recruiting news with them. Uh, hosting kids over the next two weeks. But once that contact period opens back up, things are going to get pretty busy. No doubt. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys are intrigued by the recruiting coverage from listening to this podcast, I think we still have the network still has a deal, right? For for your first month, you only pay a dollar. Is that right, Andrew, for a VIP subscription? One month, yeah, a dollar for the first month. So, yeah, take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, recruiting's fun. It's a fun ride. It, It it can go any direction with, with what these guys decide to do. So it's definitely fun to follow, not necessarily fun for Andrew to cover. Um, but he does a good job doing it. So, yeah, I would say if you haven't done it yet, jump on board and dive into this recruiting stuff. All right, guys, that'll do it. next. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Take care.